0: Hey everybody, it's Nolan North, you know, Nathan Drake from Uncharted, and you're listening to the Geek Apocalypse podcast.
1: Hello everybody and welcome along to episode 108 of the Geek Apocalypse podcast with yours truly Mr. Stephen Hesse. If this is your first time listening, please do consider uh, subscribing to us on iTunes and telling your friends, family, dogs, loved ones, uh, gerbils, whatever it may be. Um, I usually do jokes like that at the beginning, but I'm going to head right into the introduction because I have a lot to say. This is FCD 2016 podcast, which I did a couple of weeks ago at Telfad, which uh, is a convention. uh, And I'm not particularly happy with the way that it uh, was organized. Um, David and Will, who ran it, who have been on the podcast before, told me to sort of be nice about it. But I feel that's being disingenuous. And if if my podcast means anything, it's about being honest. So that's what I've decided to do. Um, I felt it was the most unorganized convention I've been to for several reasons. One was... Whenever you do media, this happens for the majority of conventions, when when I decide my company, a.k.a. Gigapocalypse, go to a convention and decide to be media partners, we promote it on social media, we promote it on this podcast, and you expect in return to get the opportunity to talk to the guests to go to the conventions, otherwise, why are we wanting to go? That would be the question they should ask themselves. Why would we be interested? Um that didn't happen so there was no there was no like room set aside the room we were in was the main room where all the noise was Um, and also they offered us uh, the chance to be on stage for an hour to tell the crowd who we are and what we do which is obviously a big deal for someone like me because tell i haven't been to people might not majority of people probably don't know who i am so it's a good opportunity for me to get out there and for people to listen to the podcast um they cancelled that because of how far behind they were at the convention there was a whole host of things that were wrong um the the sound guy who was rubbish who there was no mic that worked Um, he, one point said he's got cards in the front, and I was like, good luck with that, because I wouldn't, um, hire him to, you know, look after, look after a a, a potted plant, you know, it was, it was ridiculous. Some of the presenting, I know this is objective was just really dull, um, and I know I could have done a better job, and I told them I had experience in it, but there you go, um, that's their entitlement, I guess, but... It was just, it was just bizarre. Um, and the reason that you do, you organize having like an hour set aside in a, in a, in a quiet room to do interviews is that when, if that isn't organized, we go to the guests on their breaks when they're tired and want them breaks, and we look like pricks because we're going. Have you got ten minutes? Have you got ten minutes? And they know nothing about it. and um, That they were sort of obligated to do that because um you know, and, and I know they're not obligated. But if if we're doing media, why are we media partners if we don't get that option, that opportunity? Because I could have went there on a whim, not being media partners, and got just the same chance. If you see what my point, so. I was very sort of disappointed. Uh, also, Aaron Eisenberg, who was supposed to be on my memory card that I recorded that interview on, got corrupted. So he's not on the podcast, so it was just, so I managed to fix what I could. So a huge thank you to John Corrigan, Claudia Christiansen, and J.G. Herzer for giving me the opportunity. JG Herzler, we did 10.30 at night, he was General Martok, obviously in Star Trek. Uh, Claudia Christian from Babylon 5, and John Corrigan, who was in Bruce Lee and Stuntman, who did Star Trek and stuff. So, huge thank you to them. And here's what's left of FCD 2016. Hope you guys enjoy. Welcome back to FCD 2016, and I'm delighted to say I'm here with John Corrigan. Hello, sir. Hello, how are you? I'm very good, thanks for asking. Um, It's really nice to get the opportunity to talk to you, because obviously I've watched a bunch of the stuff so far. Um, and having done some research about you and, and stuff that you're interested in, um it's sort of I'm very sort of sort of intrigued as to how certain things came about. Like for example, obviously you're you have a very you're very heavily influenced by Bruce Lee. Indeed. Um I'm very intrigued to know like how that first started like was there a particular film of his or was it something you read how did that came about
2: well I first saw The Big Boss when it first came out alright oh, you know, yeah yeah in 1972 mm-hmm. but um, just after that I had an unfortunate incident I got beaten up I lived at a place called The Elephant Castle in London
1: oh yeah I, got, I know well, yeah. yeah and I got beaten up by some creeps so my how got, many how many three wow three so I was
2: very timid very you know yeah, yeah. Um, I wasn't a Klingon then.
1: Um, so my, <laughs> Take uh, care of them man. <laughs> yeah.
2: My father enrolled me in um, a martial arts school over at South Kensington. And I stayed there for four years um, doing classical martial arts called Fong Chow. Yeah. And then the school closed down and I started to go to seminars. Someone came over from the States teaching Bruce Lee's art. Yeah. This seminar. And I, I love Bruce Lee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, when I finally got to go to the States to see Gene Roddenberry, i have yep. been training in different martial arts. Yep. Um, I took a bit... You know, took ball bull by the horns, bit the bullet, and went to what was Bruce Lee's school. Oh um, and I met one of these visual instructors called Richard Bistillo. Mm-hmm. I demonstrated to Richard the martial arts. I've been, uh, you know, taken on board up to that point, And he put me on the apprentice instructor program straight away. Mm-hmm. And all these years later, um, I've now got uh, a mastership in Bruce's art Jeet I've just been awarded my second Blackboard Hall of Fame award. And yeah, so it's going.
1: To... As someone who like this sounds weird, I guess. for if you look at my complexion, you may think, "Wow, I, I didn't." I, you might not be into this, as a stereotype. But um, I, I really like UFC. Um, one of the things that I always enjoy yep. reading about is the fact that how long and someone who may not be interest, like you know, may not have done any research on this, will know like the sheer amount of dedication and how long it takes to be a master in a certain craft in particular, like a martial art. Yep. Um, so, how long did it take you? Does, is, is it in, done in a belt way? Is that is that too simplistic for me to say, or is it done in a belt when kind I, of way?
2: When I stop. Training in London, Afinshel yes. and No Concepts. I took up karate for eight years. Right. got right, third down in karate, so I'm nice. a black belt in karate as well. But okay. I don't. I used the discipline and the control, but it didn't help me in combat. Yeah. So the, um, the Bruce Lee journey, I started in the IMB Academy in 1982, and now last uh, three years ago, I got my mastership. Yeah. So it's a lifelong. You know, but I think if you ever call yourself a master, it means you're not. The only way to be a black belt is always to be a white belt. Yeah.
1: That's interesting to, Yeah it really Because yeah.
2: when you think You know it oh, all We wake up with a crowd around you Yeah So um, I train minimum of 12 hours a week Yeah yeah In the martial arts And 4 or 5 hours a week mm-hmm. Weight training But I'm not as young As I used to be mm-hmm. On Monday I'll be 59
1: Wow you really so don't like it Thank you <laughs> I've,
2: I've got a metal hip um, yeah. you know, and I've had 12 broken bones I was stuck around for 12 years
1: yeah, yeah. so all these things you were saying at your seminar about like your knee the knee blo- blood coming from your knees and yeah. all this kind of stuff oh yeah. my
2: god yeah there's been you know I've broken it yeah but the great thing about Bruce's art is about a, you adapt you know I used to do loads of high kicks and stuff and show off and do martial arts films in Hong Kong and now I can't do the massive high kicks with some metal here but Bruce Lee's art is so practical everyone's got a kneecap yeah. everyone's got eyes um, but obviously, you don't always have to go that extreme. Yeah, It's injury to degree. Mm-hmm. Because Bruce Lee mixed the different ranges, you've got the striking arts, the grappling arts, the weapon arts. Mm-hmm. Apart from sarcasm, you know, that's not going to hurt you, so you don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Yeah, so really, it's the blend of different ranges.
1: That, that makes sense, yeah. So, I mean, uh, just before I move on, because I wanted to ask you a little bit about your acting as well, it's just to say. Because it always sort of intrigues me, because everyone always assumes what a stuntman does, and you know, and everyone's heard of one, but the idea of, I guess, uh, I don't know, maybe it's a stereotype, but the idea of someone making a career out of being a stuntman maybe kind of not be regarded as a kind of career like a lot longevity kind of thing, and you certainly, I. It's very, for I guess the example I'm I'm trying to say is that you you if some if you say to someone name a stuntman the chances of them naming one I guess Bruce Lee is the biggest stuntman of them all arguably even though he isn't really yeah. um so yeah I guess you see what I'm getting at and that yeah, like do. do you do, do you do you sort of like try and pioneer stuntman and saying yeah, that no. it's a career or well, what would actually, you, what would be your opinion I,
2: I carried on doing stunt work for twelve years then I had yes. a terrible accident. All right. I did a stir-fall that went terribly wrong, mm-hmm. and I had brain damage for a year. Wow. I my skull. I didn't realize I broke my neck at the same time. I had a cancer oh. scare a few years ago, and I didn't have cancer, but they scanned my whole body. And they said to me, oh, you've had 12 broken bones? I so, said, yeah. And they said, when did you break your neck? I went, mm-hmm. I've never broken my neck. Wow. They said, well, you had. And they showed me. They said, if you just sneezed, then you would have died. So I stopped doing stunt work the year I hit my my head. I had the acting skills, the martial arts skills, so I concentrated on... Parts. Yeah. If I have to do a fight in my own like an action role, I will do it. I won't just be in flames, jump on roofs anymore. So I'm no longer a stuntman. I'm an action action actor as well. Yeah. And a fight choreographer. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Um, it's one of the things that I found intriguing is that if you read about your profile, is that um, you said that you ended up. Want you did like for example, you worked on a film. Am I right? And same, where you did the whole choreography. Um, which I imagine must have been for someone with all your experience to actually get the opportunity to do that from it's beginning amazing. to end. Yeah. must have been like a dream fulfilled. Is that right? Yeah,
2: and also I had one of the lead roles in the film too. Oh, nice. So you're, not, you're wearing all the hats. What was this film it's called again? Um, Advanced Warriors. Advanced, Advanced Warriors, Warriors, yeah. And I, I choreographed um, Cowboy Creed, my first western. Yes with a guy called Anthony DeLongis he was in Roadhouse oh yeah uh, which is a great film
1: yeah yeah with um, Patrick Swayze. Um, yeah
2: he was the guy with the spikes from his shoes oh right nice the one who kills yeah, he yeah, life, I remember, yeah. yeah I and he him. was um, in Voyager and he was also in Jet Li's film um, Fearless oh, I've seen that yeah Jet Li oh yeah so Anthony DeLongis is the best stunt ranger in, in any you know he's been around forever he's also a great actor but he was happy for me to choreograph the whole of Cowboy Creed as well how interesting! Which was yeah. such a compliment to me.
1: Yeah. You know? um, so would you? Would you? Would it be fair to say, based on like all the skills you've developed and whatnot, you've made in essence what sounds like a career out of it?
2: Well, the martial arts school pays the mortgage. Uh-huh. You know, my wife is happy to say my half yeah. the mortgage. You can never get enough acting jobs. It'd be great if you could. It sounds glamorous and everything, and then again you get fantastic things. You might go to the states and do a job, but then it's the only one you do the whole year.
1: Yeah. So, you it's know, a very unsecure job yes. yeah. it's very
2: grounding to, to yeah. go with your students and bow to them and then bow to you and you sweat together you know and also do life coaching mm-hmm. so it's about the internal journey too. and
1: there'll always be someone that wants to be trained always yeah, yeah. so it's about the internal sense. journey as well as the external
2: journey so yeah. acting martial arts is the same you look inside for the answers
1: I guess what fascinates me about um, talking with you which kind of you've reinforced it by what you've said is that like sounds like you don't have any sort of regrets the way your path has gone because i remember i wanted to ask you about because i found that like a great story about gene roddenberry telling you to to go and to to fulfill your dreams and which i think is the greatest example of his work you know so i mean how did that feel someone as iconic as him telling you you know go for it and just do it he just told me to really believe in myself yeah
2: you know up to that point uh, i worship the star trek actors and Never dreamed I could ever be in a film or a TV series, you know. And he said about self belief, mm-hmm. and I've been training the martial arts, and I thought, well, if I've got self belief in the martial arts, why not believe myself in everything? Yeah, because that's what it is. What you learn in the martial arts us into everyday life. Wow. Whether it's be termination or belief, mm-hmm. you know. Well, there's no mistakes, there's no lessons. Yeah, so I did that, and thanks to Gene here.
1: Brilliant! I think that's the best way of ending. I mean, it's been really nice to talk to you, and I really enjoyed all your seminars and stuff. So, thank you so much for taking the time, and uh, and I hope you have a good night, good day. Thanks, thanks, on, thanks, on take care. Thank you. But yeah, uh, hi everybody, welcome to FCD 2016 i'm here with the delightful claudia christian who i was so excited to meet because um i'm a child of the 90s so i actually grew up watching ba- uh, babylon 5 I- i'm sorry that's you have know, just i reminded you of how long ago it was um but yeah um uh, obviously i guess the first obvious question is to just say how are you enjoying fcd so far is this your first time
3: uh, it's it's absolutely lovely and i'm really glad that they pulled this together for the people that um wanted to come and when it got cancelled uh, you know there was kind of a a bit of a disappointment, but they managed to, as they say, out of the ashes, um, create this lovely experience for a, a smaller group, but a, a still a passionate group.
1: And actually, this is something I read about you, which I really want to talk to you about, because I kind of agree with you, is this idea that you did your own convention, and it, does this sort of remind you of the premise of the, actually the Claudia Con?
3: Yeah, I was just tired of people being told that they couldn't film or take pictures or shake hands or do anything. And I, I threw Claudia Con because it was sort of the anti-convention. I, I wanted people to just be able to, to hang out and talk because that's when the best experiences come and the best memories come. are usually when we're having a snack or, or chatting in the bathroom or whatever. And, and so I thought, why can't the whole convention be like yeah. that? I mean, you know, these are people that I genuinely like and I think they're interesting and I hope that we're all like-minded people and that we can actually have a connection as opposed to standing across a table and going, okay, you can't take a photo. Come on, really? Do you
1: find it on the back of that, and I'm not meaning to be critical of other people, but just from your point of view, that when people come and want to talk to you about the stuff that you've been involved in, like, do you kind of, like, think wow that's so cool as opposed to i've been to a lot of conventions like i told you before we started and sometimes you get people who are very standoffish and don't want to talk about what they've been in what's it like for you
3: i think that if you're standoffish and you don't enjoy your fans company then you shouldn't come to conventions yeah. period yeah <laughs> I so. yeah, yeah. i mean it, you're just ruining everybody's day yeah. so what why be here uh-huh. you know oh, I okay. yeah yeah I I, I I just i don't get it when i see actors at can't stand signing things or don't want to talk about the old days or get angry because somebody's a fan of maybe their cheesiest work who cares yeah. who cares you, you, it's you know i'm proud of every job i've done whether it was a piece of crap or yeah, yeah. or something great like babylon 5 it made me who i am yeah, yeah. so what am i going to do tonight Deny- it's like with the playboy you know will you sign your Playboy? yeah i bloody posed for it of course i'm going to yeah. sign it am i going to say to some guy no i'm i'm not going to sign that you know
1: so you're not one of these people that because i i you do sort of read it quite often when someone does playboy and they go i really regret doing that you're someone who's like i don't don't care at all are you
3: kidding me if somebody wants to pay me six figures to take my clothes off again i'll do it gladly
1: (laughs) i was really tempted to go we'll have a whip round and see what we're gonna (laughs) i
3: did did take this just a few months ago at 50 years old
1: wow you look amazing and I'm twenty. I'm twenty-eight, and I'm saying that, yeah, you know. You. <laughs> age, you age is nothing. As I say, my friend Ricky will be really brilliant, really, but we'll get to that. We miss you. <laughs> we wish you were here. But anyway, I want to delve into Babylon Five because I have a ton of questions. So, um, when you sort of look back on it. From the, the the whole period of time since it's not been on on the air, is how do you think it's sort of perceived? Like when people come up to you, what's the thing that comes up the most when people mention Babylon Five?
3: Mostly the the extremely well told story and the acting, but the 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 strong elements that were touched touched upon, such as uh, racism, sexism, addiction, uh, human fallibility. These were not normal themes that you would find in a regular sci-fi show so it was big 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 themes it was not just a hero's journey it was many many people who had many many problems and and together they formed this little microcosm of humanity and i think joe straczynski's writing was uh, brilliant i think he created characters that you cared about whether you were angry with them or not or you didn't get them you still cared about them you remembered them and he even gave all the guest leads really spectacular Roles to bite into.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah exactly. it, it, all, it all comes down at the end of the day to writing. Yeah, we know oh, that.
1: Yeah. Um, this—this this is something I. Yeah. Okay. Of course, you know. Yeah, if you don't have. If, well, it's one can not
3: really great writing and really shitty acting. It's yeah, not going yeah, to. Yeah. yeah, or vice versa. It's I was going to
1: basically sum that up by saying you can't have one without the other, basically. I, I don't uh, know. I've
3: done a lot of really badly written shows and I've tried to act the heck out of them. And it's hard, but, you know. I, I, isn't that just <laughs> being professional? Yeah, making really bad dialogue sound natural. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: I've been there, and the amateur stuff I've been involved in. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. And it's, uh, there'll be some people who think I do amateur podcasts, but that's a different thing. Um, but anyway, um, this is something I, I brought up with um, Edward James Olmos, who was in um, Battlestar Galactica, um, because I always find it interesting when sci-fi intermingles, like army, army-related army things and military stuff, yeah. Yeah. Um, is that something on a personal level that mattered to you—the fact that you had a character that you know had a rank and um, it sort of was obviously crowbarred into Babylon Five? Do you, find, do you find that that was relevant? Or well, I mean, at the
3: time—I've always been intrigued with the discipline and and the type of people that are attracted to the military, and I certainly was raised in a family. My grandfather served in World War One, and you know, I... I yeah, and. Um, my France, yeah, you, that's where he was shot down. <laughs> uh, and my uncle was in World War II as a fighter pilot um, on the German side. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I certainly um, uh, I was raised knowing about it. My own father um, would have gone to the Korean War, but he was stabbed when he was a teenager, so he couldn't make it. But his friends went and died. So my whole life has sort of been influenced by the military. I found the military aspect of Babylon 5 interesting because we actually had experts come down and make sure that we did everything right which was yeah. nice um, i always you know there's there's a modicum of strength in a military character there's some discipline and then it's nice to play because she's not uh, your average run of the mill chick
1: there was something in relation to Babylon Five, which uh, I'm, I'm wondering if you remember, because we brought this up uh, as preparation for coming here. Is because Babylon Five obviously was on Channel Four over here, and it was really heavily pushed. And I, I as I say, I was born in 1987, so I, I but I still remember it fondly. Um, and I wanted to talk to you about, do you remember being in a program called Space Cadets? Yes, I do. Um, do you remember it at all? And do you remember the episode you were on? Craig.
3: Craig wasn't, Charles. Yeah, Craig Charles was in it, yeah. Charles, yeah. Yeah.
1: And you made a very funny joke about the fact that... Um, William Shatner. Yeah, yeah. And you made a joke about Shatner, and you also made a joke about that you didn't mind if Bill Bailey was naked. Yes. Uh, which was hilarious. Because um, someone's uh, uploaded them on YouTube. I don't know, that's uh, probably not cor- yeah. not allowed, no, but no, yeah. Those were, the
3: f- those were fun days in, in British uh, television, these chat shows and stuff i did big breakfast a bunch of times and i did that show and it was a lot of fun
1: well i kind of the reason that, that was kind of what i was leading to is that because i watch you know obviously we watch a bunch of american shows and you very rarely that show had a lot of american people on it which was bizarre at the time it was at least a lot rarer than it is now and i'm trying to interested to know what you think the difference between the two tvs are um you know Based on your experiences,
3: well, I think British television is far superior to American television. That's just mine. Um, although, I mean, you, you also have a lot of crap on your, you know, reality shows and stuff like that. But we really are inundated with reality shows. I think your news is better, even though you know it's a lot of talking with no information. But it, I think your documentaries, documentaries are great. Yeah. We are waiting for the plane to land before yeah, yeah, yeah. we find out exactly what Dr. Being Conrad after... is going to say. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. You've got to, like, bring it down. You've got to go. Yeah. And back to you.
3: And back to you, John. <laughs> anyway,
1: I think we need to finish this, but yeah. Anyway, but thank yeah, you so much, Claudia, yeah, and uh, have a good job with the rest of the FCD. Thank Thanks a lot. Uh, hi, everybody. Welcome back to FCD 2016. I'm, of course, Stephen Hesse for the Geek Apocalypse podcast, and I'm delighted to say... Um, the secret chancellor, which I was kind of hoping it would be, uh, is obviously Mr. J.G. Uh, obviously, Martok in Star Trek and a bunch of different things. Hello, sir. Welcome.
0: Uh, it's nice to be here, Stephen. And you're from Newcastle, are you? I am indeed. That's fantastic. I, I love that place. I've been up to the, was it, the Lambeth Worm? Is it the Lambeth Worm? The Lambeth Worm, yeah. Lambeth, yes, I've been up there walking around that place into the, to the monument up there. I went to, what was it? Is it Benbury Castle? Bem, Bemberg, um, Bemberg, Basra. Bamberg castle, castle. Yes. yes.
1: Bramber Castle is the most famous castle I'd say around there, yeah.
0: That was about the coldest windiest place I've ever stood. Yeah. And it's Scotland's worse, I understand. It is indeed, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, which is our heritage in some strange And I, I uh, uh, indeed, yes. We fight over Berwick
1: <laughs> It's great. Perfect. Perfect. I don't know why we suddenly decided to make this like Shakespearean or yes, something. Well, why not? Yeah, why not? The uh, yes. Ring bells aloud winter of odds t- content. burn um,
0: bonfires. Yeah, we are Uh, just to let people
1: just let people be aware of this who do listen to the podcast we are doing this at like half 10 at night but there you go comes
0: york Uh, is strength (laughs) to make things uh
1: it's uh i'm borrowing this phone off a friend so it was his girlfriend (laughs) uh anyway well let's just ignore that um so anyway yeah so um there's a there's a fair obviously a a fair amount i want to talk to you about because obviously i'm a huge star trek fan um and i guess the first thing is that um, I, I do, I'm kind of a bit part actor In the sense that I do stuff I perform in and oh. around Newcastle So I'm quite interested in actor's sense Because Martok is a very Aggressive character And whenever you hear actors Talk about sort of like emotions They always say that angry is kind of really easy to do mm-hmm. And in relation to Martok Do you find that that was the case Or is that a fallacy that people say that angry is easy um, What's your take on it related no, In relation I, to your character No
0: I think that's right I think angry is easy the hard part is having an objective of your anger yeah Um, you can't just be generally attitudinally angry yeah it's meaningless yeah but if you're upset about something and you want it fixed then that that's that's life Mm. Uh, that's you know that's certainly my life I find myself complaining about a lot of things indeed yeah and uh, there's a lot of things to complain about I mean just look at our political situation over in the states right now it's just astoundingly easy to complain about stuff Mm. But not only complaining, <laughs> but I ran for elected office there. I did, yeah. I was going to bring you up this for you, but well, I didn't know... Well, because because yeah. it's like not enough to complain. Yeah. If you, if you have a problem, just do you know, something try about it. fix it yourself. Yeah, yeah. So I ran, and I'm, so I'm on the town council for another five years. Good for you. Uh, and uh, it's very hard to get anything done, yeah. I must say, but still, we you have to try. Don't you have it till I was, I was reading this on my way up here. Yeah, it's like 2020 or something,
1: isn't it? That you have... 2020 that you have your congress thing, am I reading that wrong? Oh, or, no, 2016.
0: There's 2016? a major, major. There's a major federal election. No, I mean in like November. in
1: relation to, weren't you running? when you running well, for, for me, something? Yeah. Um, I'm but, good for
0: five years. Yeah, just got elected, so Yeah, mean, elected, yeah. So, yeah, meant, it's yeah. 2020. Sorry. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's what I meant. Sorry. Um, no, 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 no you, I you, just,
0: yeah. So you said you're good for five years. Good for five years. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm, I'm going to be in office for five yeah, years. Yeah. I don't know if I'll be any good, but I'm there <laughs> for five years. You know, um, it's a good threshold to go for. Yeah, no, Can't be it's, good. It's, um, it's very difficult because you're really balancing. In America, you're balancing the common good with individual rights. Yes. And neither one can take precedence all the time. Uh, so it's a constant uh, balancing job to get things right in terms of what's best for the community as opposed to what's best for this single person here. Mm. And uh, anyway, that's that's what I'm finding my job to be.
1: I mean, I don't. I, it's very rare that I get political on my podcast, but I guess the thing that sort of intrigues me in what you just said is that is it fair to say that one that you need to get to a certain threshold where you may not necessarily like there's the example people always give in a political sense is something that you may not necessarily agree with, but is better for the greater good.
0: Oh, that's that's absolutely true. And I'm only one vote on a town board. Exactly. I yeah. mean, right now we're fighting a battle, and I am the only person opposed to it. Uh, and, but I, you know, I have one vote on the town board, so if the town board gets uh, to, to have its way, like its majority, yeah. it's, uh, it's like, there, majority, yeah. you know, uh, I've, I was on the town board that voted this in, so, yeah, but uh, you can still, it, it really is, um, I was thinking the de- for the Democrats in America, the Democrats maybe err on the part of the common good mm-hmm. too often, yeah. whereas the Republicans err on the part of individual rights too often. Neither one creates the balance that's necessary to be able to live. Yeah. You know? And uh, so that's. that's, that's if what we
1: someone do. that looks at it from afar, and I want to, I, I, you know, I, I, again, I don't want to talk about politics too much, but. Right. Um, as someone who, like, I'm, I really like Bill Maher and I like watching stuff in America, and I usually find. Is it fair to say, and feel free to answer this as honestly as you want, is it, do you think it's an element of that your actual system is kind of flawed on a, in a basic sense? It
0: didn't it used to be. The problem is, it, a system is only as good as the people involved in it, mm, and fair. that yeah. it's a, it's a bit of a problem yeah, because yeah. America has dumbed itself down either purposefully or by accident <laughs> for about fifty years. We've yeah. been getting a little more stupid, and uh, <laughs> and so we have a huge a huge block of people who don't know their ass from a hole in the ground, but they have strong either prejudicial feelings in terms of race or sexism or uh, class, you know, in terms of money, economic class. Yep. And they they don't know what the all the sides of an issue are, but they know what they believe in, and it may be completely uninformed, but they'll vote for it. I mean, pop- I'm sure you have
1: the same thing in England. Uh, well, yeah. it o- I, the reason I'm nodding as, uh, as you're saying this, is that um, it always baffles me that people say that America doesn't have a class system. I think that's completely ludicrous. Oh, it's not true. Uh, yeah, you're uh, right. Yeah, uh, it, it just seems ridiculous to me. Like, I guess the last thing I'll say on relation to politics is that do you ever sort of compare whenever you come here in relation to America and go like, what are the what are the sort of
0: differences and similarities that you see? Well, one of the, uh, the biggest, unfortunately, and and I hear uh, all the time, I hear English people can, uh, complain about it is your national health. Yeah, but the national health doesn't exist in the, in America. There is no national health. There is no right to health care. I mean, look at Aaron about his
1: making money for his kidney operation oh, wasn't it yeah that I would mean, they, that you get that free over here yeah of course yeah, yeah. that's
0: that, and, and he had to raise that uh, uh you know his friend for a had, to, it, had to had to raise that money on the social network which is wonderful yeah yeah of shouldn't course it not have yeah. to be that
1: way absolutely yeah uh, anyway yeah. no i totally agree yeah again we can we, 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 we can we can talk about this for the rest right. of the night you know but anyway yeah so i wanted to talk about obviously some more lighter things in relation to star trek and various other things is that um, you've obviously like had the fortune of, and uh, this is one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you, was that you've you've worked on two separate series, technically, um, in terms of being a guest on on, on two separate three, ones. Actually. Oh, well, technically, yeah, exactly three. Yeah. Um, is there any particular one you favoured, or was one of the things where you kind of just thought, oh, I'm happy to be involved in the process?
0: Oh, I was very, I'm very much prejudiced to have been uh, to happy in terms of happiness to have been on Deep Space Nine to do a character they brought back for, you know, 30 or 40 episodes. Um,
3: That was pretty wonderful
0: as far as I was concerned. It doesn't happen much in an actor's life. In television or film, you know, you're either a regular or you're a hired gunslinger, basically, and you have to come in and and work like hell and then leave. Whereas uh, you have seven years of employment as a a regular on a Star Trek show, Mm because usually they're going to run for seven years. Now, it's not the case with... with, I'll just escaped my mind. The last one I want uh, to say, say Earthlink, but it's Enterprise. Yeah. Um, that only ran for what four years or three
1: yeah years? four I think it was yeah
0: four and uh, I don't know why I think various uh, various happenings in the world conspired against it. But I or maybe it was just their market was saturated. You had not, you had Star Trek films coming out. You had three other series, four other series that were rerunning. <laughs> You know, it might have been just that.
1: As someone who's like, I grew up with my family sort of arguing about which particular series, do you not think there was an element of, this is what I thought, and that the idea of going to a prequel at that particular time made no sense? Like, it just seemed, like, the, you go for an entire series of, like, it's the future, of the future, of the future, and it's like, we're going to go back to a captain that was never mentioned until now, and we're going to crowbar it in that
0: he was actually well, I, to be the first me Enterprise. Say, let me say this. Yeah. I'm writing a script right now about uranium, oh, and, uranium. and the there was a, from 1937 to 1945. There was a huge secret game between the Soviet uh, Union, Nazi Germany, yeah, um, uh, even Japan was involved, and the America and to China, nationalist China under Chiang Kai-shek to a to a smaller degree. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about that game. Yeah.
1: It was, it was secret.
0: All it was secret. It <laughs> yeah. was spies everywhere. Yeah. They were sending information back to their homelands from what the spies were doing in in New York and in Moscow and in you know in uh, in London. So they dealt with things that I had no idea existed, and I had no idea this race existed. I had no idea that the purest uranium in the world is found in Katanga Province in in the Congo, in the middle of Africa. Yeah. Um, Shinkalabwe mines and they're still being mined by people who are illegal. There are illegal mining's going on and uranium is being shipped out of the Congo to Lord knows where. And the world cannot get a, a, a grip on that. But what I'm saying is that happened 60, 70 years ago.
1: And we going to know about it now. And
0: it changed the in nineteen forty five the world changed. See your point. That's and if I'm going back to look at how did that change happen yeah you know what happened there how'd that happen because mm-hmm. nobody knows about it Our, my, people in my country don't know the story yeah and I'm sure it's sort of the same all over the world
1: which is why you look at something like that and go we should talk about it in mainstream like a media context Right, and that's we what we don't I'm, know about it yeah. what,
0: I, what I'm saying is the prequel makes sense if you're going back to study society to find yeah. out how you got from point A to when the you know when the uh, uh, I see your point Star Trek started under Kirk you know I
1: stand here humbly, humbly uh,
0: in acceptance at your point. Well, I think know. that's, I mean, it's just yeah. a, a, an example that comes to me. Yeah. Because I, I, you know, I love, I love history. Mm-hmm. And usually the future is defined by what has happened before.
1: I should mention before I go on with JG uh, is that um, I should show him my tattoo. Is that I have a Voyager tattoo? Oh, and yes. uh, and uh, it leads me to, because you're... There's a couple of things. I, I must obviously mention your voice, which we'll get to towards the end. But um, in terms of um, you obviously guest starred in Voyager. Uh, in, uh, uh, being dyslexic, it's very hard for me to say the name of the episode, but it, it was, was with uh, The Rock. It
0: soon Sun, Sun-Katsi. Sun
1: Sun-Katsi, yeah, where you were the her unnamed Herosian. That's right. Uh, and uh, yeah, um, you were talking about in your seminar, which I found interesting, about... Um, uh, hitting jerry Jerry ryan yeah with uh, that were you actually sort of trained in how to do that um
0: well no there was a couple of there was uh, my under my uh stand-in for that uh for that sun was a a silver medalist in the in martial arts in seoul south korea all right okay uh in the olympics Mm -hmm. and i can't remember i think it was gary his name was gary burns i think is his name and he's doing a lot more stuff uh, in Hollywood now, but yeah. he, that, it was one of his first gigs. Yes, and he was about my size, a little, little bigger. But at one point in the, in Katsy, I am literally rotating six feet off the ground horizontally, and my daughter, who's sixteen, <laughs> yeah. se- sees that episode. She said, "Dad, is that you?" I said, "Absolutely, huh? That's I. I did a lot of martial arts. Um, no, I, I'm very. A- I'm not very athletic. I'm very physically oriented. Yes." So I could learn things physically very quickly, but I don't know the art mm-hmm. involved in the martial art that I was teaching her. I guess it was sort of one move, I guess. Though so that was just like, one like, move. Yeah, yeah. And, it the time, and there were a lot more, but uh, that was the one that op- that started that that uh, rehearsal. Yes, um, but the guy who ran, the, who was a trainer for everybody, and that was also. Oh, was that famous he's like it was like it was, it was as if jackie chan came in yeah, yeah to work with everybody that's interesting uh he was phenomenal and yeah. he was danger dan madelon was the fight choreographer in star trek mm-hmm. and he was not schooled in this the, <laughs> in in the martial arts necessary for tsunkatsi so they brought in these new people uh-huh. and uh it well, that was, particular martial they art, yeah. were impressive it just can, knocked imagine, you out yeah. man yeah, yeah.
1: Did Jerry, did Jerry get involved in it? I guess because like I actually thought Absolutely. like she, she really to, did look like it. Yeah.
0: No, she had to. She had to defeat uh, the Rock me. and the Rock, to kill, yeah. You know, be ready to kill me. I wanted uh, to ask you, like, to did Piper you? Actually,
1: yeah, did you actually meet him? I guess, I never did. I guess you, you came really in after yeah. I was there. Yeah, because you were separate scenes. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah and I, it's, it's something I lament because I worked with uh, on Zoro an earlier series. Yeah, I, I was worked with Rowdy Body Piper. Yes. Yeah, and and I worked with Jesse the Body Ventura. He was also oh, in the I'm
1: show. jealous. I'm jealous
0: of you, So <laughs> yeah, I got I got a chance to sit down and have dinner with Jesse Ventura, and I I have the greatest respect for the man. He at that point he was a terrible actor, but he was a brilliant
1: uh, 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 Navy I mean, Seal. He, he had a yeah, he had a very primitive role in Predator, but I see your point. Yeah, uh, well, he was a Navy <laughs> Seal, and he
0: was also the mayor of. Brooklyn since uh, uh, Minnesota. Minnesota. That's it. Yes. And he ran. He ran, He was the governor of Minnesota. Yes. And to this day, I have an action figure that says it's a, a figure of Jesse Ventura as the governor of Minnesota that says my governor can beat up your governor. <laughs> I
1: anyway. actually, um, I brought him up. Um, I do a, a monthly radio show in Newcastle, which um, is 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 to do with mental health, and and actually, I bring up Jesse Ventura in terms of. Um, a lot of the stuff that I read about him I actually agree on a quite a number of things that he yeah. says um, the, I find him for, for the fact of like how he was brought up and various other things I find him incredibly intelligent and some of the things no, he brings up is no very Yes uh, there's no Yes
0: yeah. in Jesse Ventura he yeah, said yeah. I remember when he was running for I guess he was on the presidential uh, mm-hmm. uh, presidential candidacy at one point some smart ass newsman said to him So, you used to be Jesse the Body Ventura. Uh, Are you now going to be um, something different, or, or do you think I could be Jesse the Body Ventura? And Jesse Ventura said, well, take off your shirt. Let me see what you got. <laughs> and the guy said, shut up. I can totally see him
1: doing <laughs> yeah, that. I really can yeah. yeah. You know, I ever see him like, uh, there, there was one particular YouTube uh, clip that I saw him do, which was with um, P.S. Morgan, who I have no time for. But, um, yeah, he really did sort of hold his own on CNN, talking yeah. about him with that. And, uh, yeah, I and really have a lot of he's respect got a lot for him. Lot of
0: this. I mean, they're flying at him. They're You know, the attacks are coming at him. And he deflects them and turns them around, and as and you sort of say, common sense. Yeah,
1: like he has a lot of common sense, I which agree is something. More. Anyway. And he's, he's a
0: very brave man, you know, yeah. to have done what he did and to hold these beliefs and voice them. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's the same kind of appeal that Bernie Sanders has. People, you know, you're really you're you're claiming to be a democratic socialist and you're running for president of the United States. <laughs> you know what was funny is he uh, stands
1: by. It. You know, what was funny. I just wanted to say to you is that um, when when I I, as I said if I got the opportunity to talk to you, like uh, I, it'd be interesting to see if you bring up Donald Trump and say what you say. <laughs> so I'm like, you've already kind of brought up Bernie Sanders, obviously. Yeah, so not, love, no, I'm a Bernie you know. man, and if yeah. he doesn't
0: make it because of whatever reason, I'll I'll still vote Democratic, but. Uh, Trump is basically an idiot.
1: He, yeah, he you said this he earlier on. He was born on, yeah. with a
0: silver spoon in his mouth, and he thinks he was he made it all himself. Yeah, and and he just treats people like garbage.
1: Yeah, because um, you said as well, like you would even sort of voting for Hillary. Is that? How, oh, I will it? if, if oh, yeah.
0: she's the nominee. I'm not as much of a fan of Hillary as I am of Bernie, but Bernie has forced the argument to the left, and I think we need that in this country because yeah. we have become so so far to the right. Mm-hmm.
1: But in relation to... anyway, as I say, very politics-heavy, which is not usually what I usually do. But uh, anyway, so in regards to... Because we've talked about you being on Voyager, and it leads me to a question I've always wanted to ask someone like yourself, because obviously you had been used several times in different series. Um, Were they ever sort of concerned of, and I assume they're not, because obviously they used you several times, but like... With the fact that you used a similar, like, voice and various other things, were they, were they really sort of conscious about the fact that you look different enough that no one sort of noticed? Because I guess hardcore fans like myself were like, oh, it's clearly JSG, right. but it almost didn't matter, and I guess that's a compliment to you because I didn't care. You know, the, like, you were the Herojin even though I knew you were Martok in previous episodes. Right. Do, you see, do you see my point? Well, like, I tried
3: uh,
0: to, when I played, not the Herojin, but when I played the, uh, the uh, founder uh, character, Lars yeah, 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 yeah. in um, Yes, yes, yes. I what literally what I tried to do was use a higher pitched. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, pause voice <laughs> as if I were Captain Kirk.
1: Yes. <laughs> but standing
0: I, by, standing line exactly. <laughs> and uh, but still, people said, "Oh, that's Hertzler." You know. Yeah, I yeah, said, yeah. "Well, what can I do?"
1: Yeah. But it's not. But again, it goes back to like you know, out of the emails I got sent in relation to you, the, the the common one was in relation to your voice. And just was it something that you were? I guess you know, I guess the stereotypical thing to ask is like, were you born with it? But I guess not to the. Extent, I really think but...
0: I really think the, the the unique quality of anybody's voice is hereditary. It's, yes, it's the shape of their their palate. It's the the depth of their throat. It's the size of their tongue. All those things, and the and the the. Uh, the tension of their vocal cords. It, it, it is, it is hereditary. On the other hand, I've spent thousands of dollars and years and years in <laughs> opera training. training. Yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> I, I, there is that in terms of putting the air through. Yeah. But uh, but I think the quality of voice because my dad sounded exactly like me. Mm-hmm. His brother. Uncle Bobby sounded exactly like him. Mm-hmm. Bobby's son sounds exactly like me, mm-hmm. uh, so I think there really is—it's—it's it's hereditary. Mm-hmm.
1: I guess, like I'm tr- obviously, feel free to say as much as you can. But um, we actually had Alec Peters on the podcast right. about Axana, and I'm interested to know from your point of view, like how much, how well, uh, what's the situation a, right now?
0: He's fighting a tough battle because yeah. he's fighting a, uh, I, I think, a sort of a new regime at. Uh, Either CBS or Paramount I don't, or Viacom. Yes, there are several layers of, of control in that organization, and for some reason they've decided to come down on e- almost every convention. Every well, I was just going to say promoter. the one, we're, one, one right now, the one more exactly. actually effective. Uh, but by also, but there's also a big, a huge license producer in um, in the U.S. called Creation Entertainment. They've been doing it for 20 years, and they came down on them. So it's not just England and a small on the way, yeah. charity yeah, yeah. event. It's it's everybody, and I'm trying to figure what the hell is wrong with these people. Mm-hmm. What what these conventions are all about is raising money and building an audience for your product. Yeah, you know exactly. Star Trek. Yeah. Uh, I don't so.
1: mean to be I don't mean to be disparaging as well, but like you know, feel free to answer this as honestly as you want, but. It almost like when you when they did the whole secret chancellor thing, and I found out it was you, which you already yeah. sort of meant to be part of it yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like did was there an element of you kind of worried about your position and going, how are they going to react to it? The fact no, that you decided to be part of not it. Not them.
0: It's mainly yeah. the, uh, the the convention that's happening in November. I think in uh, Track Fest uh, 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 Destination Source. Sorry, yes. In, yeah. It's a huge event, and Jason yes. is a huge promoter. Of course, and I yeah. didn't want to piss him off too much. Yes. Uh, but I don't think I had any. You know, Bob and I are not the biggest draw for fans. So, <laughs> I guess, yeah. So you know, we take what we can get, basically, and uh, we have a we have a great deal of fun, mm-hmm. provide a tremendous product to people. But um, but it's all about you know the regulars and whatnot on the various series. And there's a lot. You know, there's five series of regulars to choose from. So a lot yeah. of people that can come and he, we cost him money so uh, if he decides he wants us he'll let us know absolutely yeah and I, it's, you know. it's nice to a, know but I really liked Will Will talk, started talking to me a an, uh, year and a half ago and I wanted to do the uh, Garage Brothers from Another Planet which is a rock and roll band that yeah, play yeah. all garage songs oh, have I, a great girl singer from Las Vegas named Nikki Monkdale who's phenomenal yeah and uh, and then it all fell apart, so we couldn't do any of that and oh, Bob shame. couldn't come because it was just too far for there's you know we're sort of volunteering all this, so um and I didn't want to let will down so.
1: It affected everybody because, I mean, like, you know, from our point of view, we dedicated three days to it and then yeah. it changed and everything else. So, yeah, it was, a, a, I guess, a nightmare for everyone involved. Yeah, know? it was. It was kind of nice that, as you, I think you even said this earlier on, that the fact that we pulled it all together and everyone did in some aspects. pretty astounding. The fact that I've, we did it,
0: yeah, you know. I've been to many conventions that don't have that kind of interference. Yeah, and, yeah. And uh, they aren't, they, they don't go as well as this.
1: So. I guess I want to ask you because, obviously, in relation, you've done a whole amount in, you know, i have done a whole different number of stuff in your career. Um, and I asked Claudia Christian this and, and I should give an interesting answer so I want to ask you is that you know the the, the thing that when I first met you obviously you know because I'm a Star Trek fan is I want to say to you you know oh it's Mo- it's talk Mortar- I grew up watching this person mm-hmm. um, how do you feel that like whenever, when someone comes up to you in relation to something as iconic as Star Trek because I guess you know, more people, like you said, who, I guess, more established with the series, like, I guess, Shatner or maybe Patrick Stewart or someone like that, like, kind of, have occasionally said it's, in, like, an inhibitor on in their career and various other things. How do you regard it in regards
0: to how it's happened to you? Do you well, regard it as a blessing or...? My career was never in television and film. My <laughs> career was on the stage. Yeah. And when I got into this business, I was working in Shakespeare and only uh, doing stage work for 20 years. Mm -hmm. on into 30 years. And uh, then I moved to San Francisco and I worked uh, for three seasons at ACT in San Francisco, which was a great, great theater. One of the best repertory theaters in the history of theater in this country, in America. Yeah. Um, Because he ran it like a European resident uh, repertory company. Bill Ball, great theater person. Um, And then I started going down to LA to audition for things and I got sucked down there and I auditioned for a few TV things, and I did, you know, some, excuse me, General Hospital. Yeah, yeah. One Life to Live. You had Zorro. You Zorro. And then I got Zorro, Zorro yeah, and yeah. that was a regular in Spain, shooting in Spain. And then right after that, I got uh, this thing on Star Trek. And, but actors like me, uh, maybe a little different than Claudia, my whole life was dedicated to live theater. Ah, not, interesting. M- not to this, yeah. not to television and film. So, it's so almost this like a is bonus. All, this is all bonus. Yeah. That's it's interesting. It's all bonus time. Yeah. That's,
1: true. Oh, that's interesting. So you say, like, if you had, like, a push comes to show you'd be like, if I had to choose anything, it would be theatre. That'd be fair to say.
0: Well, this pays the bills. Theatre is, is such a struggling art form in America. Good it's point, much yeah. more respected in England. Yeah. But in America, getting it's West not respected at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Getting a West End play, you're in it for six months, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I
0: saw Blood Brothers here a long oh. ago. Oh.
1: I and, know a friend of mine who loves that's like a favorite f-
0: oh, favorite play of all it, time yeah. yeah and it ran forever here yeah um, and I saw my friend I did a show with uh, Holly Hunter I did a show uh, in, yeah. uh, in uh, San Jose California called By the Bog of Cats about an Irish uh, it's an Irish play about a <laughs> uh, bog called The Bog of Cats it, it's about tinkers I don't know if you know Great. tinkers or not no I don't know traveling no. caravan people in Ireland oh yes and, okay
1: uh, yeah that's what it's about. Well.
0: And I had, I, you know, I had to wrestle Holly with a, a shotgun. I held a shotgun in her mouth, and I wow. literally had to sort of rape her on stage. Wow, okay. And I was the father of the bride, and she was interrupting the wedding. Anyway, um, she did it over here in, uh, on the West End uh, with all Irish actors and whatnot. But I came to see it, and and I, it was it was wonderful. Yep. And I said, I don't know if Holly will remember me or not, but uh, we... Uh, and she came when she came out the door. She ran up to me and just jumped on top of. Me. She's tiny, you know. Always, <laughs> uh, jumped on me and hugged me, and I said, "Oh, this is, this is life. This is great. This I can is imagine, yeah, theater. great. I mean, that's, what a, what
1: a great way to end. I just all leads me to say, it's been a huge honor talking to you. And like I say, I grew up watching you. I mean, I was born in 1987. Wow. Uh, my um, my my. Just to let you know, because you said you like deep working on Deep Space Nine. Uh, I have two older siblings, so my brother. Uh, my brother and my dad uh, would argue about which Star Trek was better. <laughs> um, my brother always maintained that Deep Space Nine was better. Which um, uh-huh. uh, Aaron, when I spoke to earlier, said like you know your brother clearly was right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, but because uh, I like Voyager, hence the tattoo. And my dad was a huge uh, Next Generation fan. So I would basically say that if my dad was here, he'd be really happy to see, uh, meet you because he was such a huge fan. So yeah, it's a dream for me. So thank you so much for agreeing to talk to me. I really appreciate it. My and, uh, Thank thanks a lot and um, have a, uh, I really hope you enjoyed FCD and I hope to see you again soon I had a great
0: time and, uh, enjoy soon. the UK <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sure you will that. thanks Love
1: man it. Are you not? actually you have the last question about Nottingham are you in Nottingham soon
0: or will, no I mean, next I've got to go back to Dallas I have a convention in Dallas Texas next oh, okay. weekend and okay. then I come back then I go to uh, a small convention in Buffalo it's a comic convention alright and then uh, what I want to do there's an archaeologist here all right. Uh, who's the friend of Stephen uh, Cocking, uh, Samuel Cockings? Yes. His father is Stephen Cockings. He's an archaeologist, one of the leading archaeologists in Europe, and he's doing a uh, show in in Nîmes, France, called Cleopatra. They have two thousand people in that show. They have elephants coming out. They have chariot races and gladiatorial combats. It's a reenactment of Rome. When Cleopatra was visiting. Wow, that's cool. I want to go to that. Yeah, that
1: sounds really interesting. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've just remembered one of the emails I got sent as well, which might be a good way to end. If you can remember any, do you? Uh, you might, you might say no to this, but do you actually know any Klingon?
0: I only know the words. The la- my last words in the series were "human uh, uh, pak which means humans. <laughs> go figure. There you go.
1: That was it that's the best way of ending thank you so much JJ I really appreciate it and I uh, hope you enjoy the rest of your night thanks man you uh, Steve cheers man